With back to school season upon us, how do you feel? What parts of this transitional time stir up anxiety for you? Or maybe you feel a smile creep across your face as you imagine your kiddos getting back to school. What are you doing to prepare yourself and or your child for this transition that's on the horizon? I'm Megan Iskander. And I'm Kate Mulliken. And this is Raising Reciprocity, where we believe raising children is a form of activism. Welcome to episode two. We're going to be thinking about heading back to school. We're going to be asking some questions to get you thinking about what you and or your child might need for support during this transition, as well as strategies of support to help you along the way. That's right. Let's start with you. What are you doing to take care of yourself? What do you know about yourself that would help you prepare for this layered transitional time? We hope that during the pandemic, or even before then, ideally, but that you were able to find some things that you found grounding for yourself, whether that be meditation or exercise or listening to music um, or being with friends, whatever that is, that's preferably not indulging in substances that are just like numbing things out, but like healthy things that really get you grounded and feeling easeful and prepared for whatever might come your way. Whatever those things are, we're going to ask you to tap into those right now. That's right. And let's all recognize that with the changing season, there's a shift of energy. You go from that hot, high energy of summer and late nights with the long daylight hours, maybe even dropping an ice cream bomb in your belly before bed. And then with fall, there can come a feeling that's more grounded for some. and Taking a chance to just recognize that there is a shift of energy out there and you can move with that seasonal energy if you so choose. Yeah. And for some people, like Kate said, maybe that is a grounding energy for you. Like I love fall. It's my favorite season. And as much as, you know, it's kind of rough around the edges getting back into the school year after the summer break, I love the rhythm and the routine of fall and being back at school and all of that, that's when everything falls into place for me. Where some of my friends are like, no, summer is their dream time. And they really have a lot of resistance around going back to school and getting back into those fall routines. So just recognize where you are and then align the support that you need with that so that you are supporting yourself. Absolutely. And asking for help, there is no shame in that. So you might even want to reach out to a dear friend or a trusted relative and set up a regularly scheduled check-in of how you're doing. Having that person that you can vent with for a bit or handle some problem-solving, brainstorming sessions with might be really helpful to get you through because when you are taking care of yourself and staying in as much ease as you can, your children will benefit immensely because what this transition does to them is pretty big at first. So maybe we could dive into protecting the calendar. What do you say? Learning to say no to things and creating space within your calendar can be a really helpful tool. Your child is gonna have some things that come up and you can't prepare for them necessarily of when they're going to drop this or that emotional need in your lap. But 
leaving space for those things can be helpful. And the school calendar can fill up really quickly along with the social calendar. And they don't have to do every sport or club right now. It's okay to spread some of that stuff out or to even say no. Let's also leave room for the fact that we are in a pandemic. And granted, it is shifting from what last fall looked like. But that is going to stir some stuff up for people. And they're going to need time for processing. You included. You included. And if that means extra time for journaling or an outing, that's not such a bad thing. And just being together. So your child has been used to having you around more than usual over these last months, year plus. And now as they ease back into going to school or maybe they're going to school for the first time, maybe you've been working from home and now you're easing back into going back to work. There's a lot of transition going on. And regardless of how lovely those places are, you're still not together. And that is going to, you know, cause some friction probably in the very beginning. And so it's really important to block out time in the evenings where you can really just be with your family and connect so that you're kind of filling that cup after they've been away and you've been away after all this time of being together so much. That's right. And maybe we should move now into things that you can do to support your child getting ready for this change of routine. Again, the best thing you can do to support your child through a transition is to support yourself. So you're going to be modeling how to manage stress. Every transition brings stress. Stress doesn't have to be a bad thing. Starting a new job, getting a promotion, moving to a bigger house, whatever it is, every change is going to bring stress. And that can be offering growth, which is good, but it can also bring up more emotion and just make life a little bit tricky there during the transition. So the more you can do to support yourself, to stay grounded, again, this is the most important thing that you can do. You're going to be modeling for your child. Oh, I'm feeling frantic. I'm going to take a few breaths. Whatever it looks like for you, you can be saying those things out loud to your child. Other tips around that are, I heard you ask that question. I need to go get a drink of water before I give you a reply. That buys you some time to think through something or to ground yourself as you've just entered the house and you get bombarded with questions, right? Or it might be something like you do some meal planning in advance so that it's one less thing you have to think about as you enter the home at the end of the day. Maybe you do some delegation around chores or tasks and everyone in the household knows what role they play to spread out the work so that it does create extra time to then be together and be present with one another. Yes. Back to like what we can do for the child. Again, first thing is take care of yourself. And then the next thing is really thinking through routines. So the number one thing that comes to mind for me when going back to school is bedtime. Like Kate was saying, the energy is so different in the summer and the the sun is out longer and we're out playing or traveling or doing whatever it is during the summer. We have less kind of obligations as far as what the schedule of our day-to-day is more flexible with bedtime. But as we're entering into the school year... I need to be paying attention to bedtime because we're going to be getting up earlier. So in order for me, 
for example, to get my kids to school by 8 a.m., we have to leave at about 7.40. So if I'm going to be leaving my house at 7.40, then I need to have my child up at 6.30 so that he has an hour and then some to be ready, eat breakfast, get dressed, all of these things. Then to go back from there, I need to figure out, okay, well, if he needs 10 hours of sleep, then he needs to be going to bed by 8.30. Right now, he's going to bed at 10. What do I need to do over the next weeks to slowly, incrementally move his bedtime back so that he is going to bed at 8.30? So I'm just going to figure out where I want to be, figure out where I am now, and then design an incremental plan of slowly moving that bedtime back so that about three or four days, ideally a week, three or four days is good, before the first day of school that he is hitting that target bedtime and getting enough of his sleep. Let's give a quick review of the recommended hours of sleep by age. If your child is three to five years old, you're aiming for 10 to 13 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. If your child is age 6 to 12, you're aiming for 9 to 12 hours of sleep. And if your child is 13 to 18 years old, you are aiming for 8 to 10 hours of sleep. And if we link this back to our earlier discussion about taking care of yourself, you are working towards at least 7 hours of sleep a night. The more rested you are, the better you are able to navigate the things that come your way. So sleep is probably the best way that you can support yourself and your child, especially when you're, you know, navigating change. The next thing that we like to touch base on is preparing for the school day. So I can, I bet that you could agree also that if there's ever a time in our house where we are at each other's throats, it is usually about 15 minutes before we need to be walking out the door when like they can't find their water bottle or their shoes or their mask or whatever it is. So the more that you can do to prepare the night before, the better it is going to be in the morning. And then you can have an easeful transition into your day. So this means like laying clothes out preparing any like lunches that need to go, getting stuff in the backpack if your kids are older, anything that you need to be going out the door, you have ready to go the night before. Ooh, that rhymes. Yeah, even laying out what shoes they're going to wear, what overcoat they're going to wear for the day's weather. Your goal is to limit the amount of decisions that are going to need to be made in that early morning hour or so before your school day takes off. And if that even means your child goes to bed in a fresh set of clothes that they're going to wear for that school day, hey, maybe that's okay with you. And you could even make that suggestion with your child or allow them to propose it and give them the thumbs up on that. So in general, when especially thinking about clothing, my children are 10 and 15. They're definitely capable of choosing out their own clothing. But when they were three... They also were choosing their own clothing, but I would give them three choices. So the idea is that you would give the amount of choices about that's pretty close to their age. So two, two years old, about two choices, three-year-old, three, three choices. So you get the idea. And the idea is that you are offering clothing that you're good with. So any choice that they make is going to be good from the selection that you're offering them. That's going to be good for the weather of the day or whatever, you know, at three and four by five, I feel like a lot of the kids are able to make those choices independently if you've been doing that with them for the two, three, and four years. But 
start setting them up for success to be doing those things independently later. Maybe it's going to take a little time now, but that's going to give you more time later. So involve them in those decisions. You don't need to pick out your three-year-old's clothes for them and just have it laying out. Let them help pick so that they know exactly what they're going to be wearing and where it is. And that is going to help a lot, especially if your child is really attached to order, which they all are this age. <laughs> I think the same thing could be said for those of you who have children who take lunch to school with them. And if you help involve them in a couple of the decisions of the lunchbox over time, then by the time they're in second, third grade, it's not unheard of that you could make a chart with them about what food groups need to be included in the lunch And then they can take that on and feeling ownership of that can actually be a real confidence booster for them. Definitely. Let's move on to screen use. What are the pediatric guidelines for use of screens, Megan? For under 18 months, no screen time, except for, you know, maybe video chatting with grandma or whatever. But for toddlers 18 to 24 months, you really want it to be under an hour, like little to no screen time is what's recommended. I mean, there's so much critical development going on during this time period that really they're going to be learning so much more doing anything else other than watching a screen. So if they do get screen time, you really want to be co-watching with them and it should be like a high quality educational content, Sesame Street or PBS or something. For preschoolers, up to an hour a day, Not in the morning before school, though. I can tell you that we can tell when children have had screen time when they come into our environments. And the reason is because when you're sitting in front of a screen, you have so much stimuli coming at you so quickly and you're not working for it at all. You're not moving your body. You're not even thinking. It's just like all the stimulus coming in. And so then they come into the classroom where there's all these beautiful materials and activities that they can choose from. And they just look like a deer in headlights. They don't know what they want to do. And that's something that we really have to work with them on. So if you are offering your child's screen time during the ages of three to five, then please do that in the evenings after they've had a full day of real life experience. There's so much brain development going on. You're probably sending them to an amazing school where they're going to get lots of great activity and stimulus within their environments. So let them have that first. And then if you need to offer screen time, do that in the evenings. And I'll just continue on for those of us with older children. Elementary age from six to 10 is one to one and a half hours a day. And then middle school is 11 to 13. And that's up to two hours a day. Thanks for that. It's good to have those reminders. And as far as taking care of yourself, let's jump to that for a minute and think about your own screen use and what we know about the recommendations to limit your use of screens before bedtime. And that's a really wonderful way you can take care of yourself is to wind down your day without the use of screens allowing yourself to fall into a really deep restorative sleep. And the same would be true for your children. So no screens too close to bedtime. Yeah. An additional tool we use is a social story. And if you are unfamiliar with that, I'll give you a brief example of how one might be used for toddlers. You might take hmm, two, three, four pictures of their school, their school teachers, 
and maybe when you're thinking about their school, the entryway, and an interior shot of the main space they'll be in. And how you would use this is just a few days before the start of school, you could run through the story with these photos. So for example, here's the front door of your new school. We are so excited you're going to be going to this school. This is where I'm going to give you a hug and a kiss. And I'm going to say, have a great day. I love you. See you later. And say goodbye. And then you're going to go inside where, and you would show the picture of the child's teachers. Here you're going to be with, and you would introduce the teacher's names. And then you might show the picture of the interior of the classroom. And you get to do your work and play in this space. And that is a social story that could help build some familiarity before the school day has even begun. And truthfully, as the parents work through this, I'll make an analogy to an athlete who closes their eyes and visualizes the flow of their performance on the field or what have you. A parent can use this in that way too. So that on that first goodbye, you actually have a little bit of a sense of, oh, I've done this before. We are prepared for this. And that can be a really great feeling. That feeling of ease, your child will sense. And if they sense that you trust this place that you are leaving them, that is a really great feeling for the child. And you are setting them up for a different level of success than if they pick up on any anxiety you're feeling about leaving them in a place. Can you imagine? You're a young child and they're sensing, wait a second, mom and dad are saying goodbye, but they're leaving me in a place they don't trust? Ooh, that would be hard on the kiddo. So this is a tool that you might consider. Another thing that we can do with the child to help them prepare for the back-to-school season is setting up a workspace. Kate and I both have older children, so we will be working with them to set up a space where they can do homework and the like. But even with your very young child, you can set up a workspace that's maybe for arts and crafts or just do Legos or wherever. They have their space that is set up just for them and they can help you in preparing that part of their environment. So that is like their space. If you're making dinner and they want to go do some drawings or whatever, then they know where to go and what is there. And then over the years, that space can evolve to a homework space as well. That's right. You probably know what it feels like and the satisfaction you can feel when you are able to move into a workflow that is uninterrupted because everything is prepared for you right there to stay focused. So let's create those spaces for our children too. The other thing that can be tricky, and we covered some of this, but it is super important, is saying no to things as they come invitations that come that would fill your calendar. And the reason I bring it up again is because we want to reiterate that making time and space for the emotions that come up that your children will bring forward from having kept it together all day at school can be really important. And if your schedule is jam-packed, you might inadvertently Give your child the feeling that they are a burden when they bring these things up. So please take that to heart and let it empower you to say no, even though there's a lot of pressure to say yes to things. Some people like the old wives tale of like the witch's hour, right? Which is usually like right before dinner time. That is for a reason. The children have held it together, like Kate said, all day long. And now they're probably tired and now they're hungry. 
And that is a time when they might just fall apart in the safety of their home with the people that they love. You might also be tired and hungry. And so sometimes that's not like the ideal time for you to really be grounded and patient and loving, but that it's really important that if you can have that perspective of understanding that they're in a safe place, they're releasing these emotions that they've been kind of having bottled up all day, then maybe you can be able to stay grounded and have some grace with them. And it can also happen later, closer to bedtime as well. For sure. All right, let's recap here. What are the calls to actions for this week? The main thing that you can do, we're going we're gonna to challenge you to work towards setting aside an hour or so where you can sit quietly to think about back to school season. And if you are someone who journals or doodles, take that time to jot down what might be causing you anxiety at this transition. What do you want to do to A, support yourself, and B, support your child? Review the routines of support we've just discussed here. Feel free to reach out on social media if you have a question or you're figuring out a strategy that might work well for you and know that this community will Take a look and give you a response. Yeah, share what you're doing. Are you pushing bedtime back? Are you limiting screen time? You can do the same thing with screen time as far as like limiting back like incremental amounts. Like my kid is getting about two hours a day right now. I want them to be closer to an hour a day in the next few weeks. So I'm just going to slowly move it back. 55 minutes, 50. You get the idea. Are you going to practice some social stories or set up a workspace and block out that time in the evenings where you know you're going to have time to connect and be together? Thanks for listening. We wish you well during this transitional time and happy back to school. It's time for you to hit the subscribe button and we want to thank you for listening. See you soon.